0: back to the film alchemist podcast the show where we look at movies we love break them apart to find out what gives them their magic i'm your host josh griffey joined as always by my one-eyed super cool glider flying uh neck bomb having badass and co-host call me Dandino. dino oh, hey. all I
1: got. All I got. yeah it is
0: it's weird because you're like To keep trying to name things about Snake Plissken, you're like, just get to where it is. Badass. The most bad. (laughs) All right, guys, as always, if you like the show, and we hope that you do, please take a second and leave us a rating and review, especially on Apple Podcasts. Very helpful. That helps us out a lot, guys. Just when you're there getting the episode, click that five star. Tell people why you like the show. Another thing that helps us out tremendously, guys, is give us a shout out on your social media feeds. That helps us out enormously also. We're everywhere that you are. You can find us, engage, whatnot. uh, We're there. You can email the show, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com, with your ideas for movies you'd like to hear us talk about, double features, guest host, new movies you'd like, uh, themes for a month, anything. I swear to you, if you reach out to us, it does make a master list that I have somewhere that is loaded with films that eventually will be covered. Um, also you can see our faces on our YouTube channel, Nerd Alchemist Plural with an S at the end. So, guys, that's all the business. It is time for July. The theme for July. The pod calls a carpenter. Right? We need help. Uh, so you guys know it's been it's been a weird year. It's been a rough year. Uh we're Real coming rough. off fan pick month where uh the fans just humbled us into submission with aggressive hardcore movies and so we're like you know we need to we need to lighten it up right we got a lot of good art house uh drama right stuff like that hard things to take in sometimes one of them so hard that we actually didn't cover yeah. it which i won't i won't go into that i won't right say now.
1: what it is but wow whoever <laughs> no,
0: we were actually put through the ringer so bad we're like i don't think we need to talk
1: you out there who <laughs> recommended that movie we gotta talk <laughs>
0: <laughs> so what we did is we said, we need a fix, right? We we need to bring it up a bit. So we called a carpenter, the carpenter, John Carpenter himself. Uh, I would argue he has my favorite filmography of any filmmaker ever. Uh, we've covered some John Carpenter on the show before. Uh, I know we've done They Live in the Thing, I believe is where we've been so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, spoiler alert, this October as part of our never-ending horror medley that we do every year, Uh, we will be covering a horror movie every single month in the day of October. Uh, Our main feature this October, we are covering every single Halloween movie. So more John Carpenter there. But right now, uh, we're starting John Carpenter Month with the Escape duo, right? Escape from New York, followed by Escape from L.A. this week. So, Alex, before we dive all the way into Escape from New York, You care to hit me up with just a brief summary. Why is John Carpenter so awesome? When we are in need of that movie magic fix, why is John Carpenter the one we reach for?
1: John Carpenter to me summarizes in a single person, everything you love about movies. Like,
0: yes, that's a great way to put it
1: for one. (laughs) He's never made. I mean, oddly enough, short of these two movies, he's never made the same movie twice. To be honest with you,
0: um, <laughs> I guess you could argue Halloween and Halloween, too, but that's all right.
1: he didn't he didn't direct Halloween, too, though.
0: Oh, that's right. Because he came back for Halloween three and was like, fuck, Michael. Myers."
1: Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Like I said, never made the same movie twice, except for the movies we're about to the movie we're about to talk about and its sequel itself. But again, like the other thing, too, is. The other thing that I really enjoy about John Carpenter movies is that John Carpenter is such a good does such a good job of holding a mirror up to us without like overstating the premise. Like he holds a mirror up to society. <laughs> they live's a great example, like the most overt one. But the two movies we're going to discuss, which are the escape movies, are almost the same fashion, but they're just very entertaining. So it buries that like overt political statute a little bit. And Gives you gives you enough of an entertainment value where you're like, oh cool, like Kurt Russell running around with a patch over his eye shooting people. Awesome. <laughs> and then at the same time you're like, oh wow. This isn't that far off, is it? Like that's like the other thing you're constantly thinking in the back of your mind while you're watching these movies. But that's again like what I said before is the thing that holds true for me with John Carpenter, is that John Carpenter is like the person that embodies all the things people like about movies and he the way yeah the way well, he for makes me
0: them. he is yeah no for me he's the guy when i was at that formative age and i was trying to figure out what are cool movies right what are movies that i love what are the things that get me fired up more often than not you would find yourself gravitating towards you know john carpenter movies right so i remember one of my first like absolute loves like one of the first movies i became fully truly obsessed with was halloween right like knew all the trivia i had to watch it like a hundred times Blah blah, blah. you know and he just he was always there at that turn right when i was a really little kid it was big trouble little china me too and so like you find these movies what i love about john carpenter too is like you said a lot of his movies have these you know kind of deep themes or political uh you know thoughts on political ideologies things like that right the thing is kind of about you know this desperate nature of man There's a lot of that going on, but he gets all that across, but never at the cost of fun. Never. John Carpenter movies work very much like uh, Snake Plissken's body, right? Like (laughs) we got X amount of time. We got to get some shit done. But at the end of the day, we just need to make sure it's very fun. Yes. And that's what Carpenter is the master of. So uh, this one, uh, Escape from New York, features probably my favorite. John Carpenter collaborator, uh, Kurt Russell, yep. maybe my favorite actor of all time, right? The Kurt Russell himself said this is his favorite movie that he ever did, Escape from New York. Now, about this movie specifically, Alex, when is the last time you had seen Escape, and what are your initial thoughts on this flick?
1: You know it's funny? The last time I watched Escape from New York, I think, was about a year ago. Really? I, <laughs> again, this is a movie that I honestly, like... I watched this movie a long like when I was much younger. Like when I caught you catch it on HBO when your parents aren't like paying attention to what you're watching. And then you kind of like figure out that, oh, that movie's actually awesome and oh that's like Pete Carpenter stuff, you know? So like you keep watching it and I think I've watched it every couple of years, up through college, like so on and so forth, but like there's never a time where I didn't find this movie awesome. And this time is no different. Actually it's interesting. This time I paid much more attention to the. Uh, I don't know if this is a dad thing. Maybe I'm just like old now. I paid so much more. I paid so much more attention to the, like the geopolitical thing that was going on the entire time. Like, oh, the president's been downed on the uh, Manhattan prison island. Like, oh shit, he's got to get to that peace some, but otherwise they're not gonna know shit. Like, there's. And, <laughs> you were worried about the peace some, <laughs> but I was sitting. But I was like sitting there listening, like listening to that again and again. I've never especially when I was younger, didn't give a shit about like that part at all. All I knew was that Pliskin had 24 hours and he had a fucking nanite explosive in his, uh, in his, uh, you know, neck and all that, all is like all that stuff. And I was so focused on Pliskin. This is the first time I've watched the movie and been like, I apologize if this sounds rude, but who fucking cares what Donald Pleasance thinks about the state of the world, world, world peace. When he has like, <laughs> the united states police force guarding like that's like the thing i started thinking about oh
0: you're uh, you're under see that's the thing you've grown old and cynical so now you're like maybe there is no value i just i was struck by i it's so funny because i've seen this movie so many times yeah i always forget about the president (laughs) you know it's weird because in my mind it's it's essentially that they send snake pliskin in to fucking beat ass and he just escapes yeah. in my mind. I mean, I always forget that it's like a reverse air force one yeah. where it's essentially snake, like get off of your own plane. The president go. is
1: essentially <laughs> inconsequential. Like there's almost no reason for it at all. Like, again, it ends up not meaning anything because again, like I would say, I would say like escape from LA has far more devastating ending consequences. This one is like, Oh, uh, well, whatever. I mean, we don't even care. Like snake Pliss survives, So who gives a shit about the rest of this? Like, <laughs> well, that I well, think no, is let's, like, let's that, be
0: clear. That, right. We're kind of jumping ahead. Right. Well, but obviously, the end I'm of the movie the boils ending. down to, let's say, let's make an argument that Donald Pleasants gets fucking wasted by the Duke. Right. Right. Uh, they still ha- have the tape. Yeah. Like I, I've never understood the tape because <laughs> essentially he recorded an audio book of his speech. I was like, Do the post-its not exist of the speech? Uh, Can we not just, no one has a tape backup.
1: That was the thing that always like this time, particularly I was like, wait a second. Absolutely none of this makes sense. And the president's literally inconsequential at this point, because are you telling me that absolutely no other scientist on earth knows the information that (laughs) again, I have never cared about the information that's on that tape. And then this time I was watching it. And it's interesting because we have a kid now, so I watch a lot. I watch every movie with with uh, subtitles, with closed captioning. Yeah. So I was actually reading it this time. I was like, "Wait, what? Like, this is about solar. This is about like nuclear fission and shit like that." I'm like, "Never matters. There's got to (laughs) be." It is
0: the future of mankind, as we learn. There's
1: got to be a million and one doctors and scientists in the world who know about this, and you're telling me this cassette tape is the only thing that stands between (laughs) us and oblivion? I'm like. I'm just. This is,
0: this is how you know we're getting too <laughs> old is that we've all been in meetings and shit. And You're like, surely someone would have sent via messenger the transcript of said tape. There's got to be a backup you're just watching somewhere. It on your, but if you're watching it on your early '80s TV, there's static and like, what do they have? Someone like transcribing it? Is he like clearly they it? It doesn't make it. Yes, a, yes. A, what it. I like about it though is this movie is so wildly cynical yeah
1: oh but
0: we're we're constantly kind of cheering for snake which is weird it it plays in this this western like lone gunslinger thing right yeah and so the nature of making the president just this fucking laughable buffoon that doesn't really matter in that snake has to go in and save this man and his little briefcase. Yeah. Right. Otherwise the whole world will be undone. And at the end, snake just being like, fuck that guy. It actually makes it better in this movie to me. Right. Oh yeah. In a lot of other movies, the fact that the stakes of the mission don't matter at all would be a flaw. But in this one, it's, it's kind of getting at that broken American dream, which is what snake is always going. You know, one of the things that struck me this time, right. It's kind of a twofold is, the the introduction and myth building of Snake Plissken early in this movie is so fucking good because awesome. really we don't really get our first kind of Snake Plissken scene until eighteen to twenty minutes in yeah and by it's weird because when you go back now he's become such an enormously iconic character yeah you have all this built in stuff when you forget when we first see him he's just this fucking badass dude who gets out. You know, he looks like kind of every guy outside of an army surplus who wants to tell you about Nam, and you're like, No, I'm just here for a Halloween costume bit. Thanks, sir. Uh, No, <laughs> right? But, but like, one of the things, right? Like, eye patch to camera. When we first see him, they don't give us that beautiful Kurt Russell side, they give us eye patch side. Yeah. You know, having the eye patch period, you're like, This is all he just reeks of cool, right? All the guards are like quaking in their. You know, Knee's like, oh, God, it's Snake, not Snake. And you're just like, they're just making this guy out to be the baddest I, motherfucker. That yeah, I, ever I
1: mean, I think the thing that is most impressive <laughs> this time watching the movie is I, I always forget how good John Carpenter is at building this world. Like, in any other movie, that preamble of what has taken place in America should be boring as hell. And I'm like, I don't give a shit about any of this. Like, they did it in Demolition Man, where they, like, explain in a crawl. <laughs> I'm right, like, and again, I again, I we've talked. I about,
0: like text to start. I like movie. text crawls. I'm I do. I,
1: I enjoy them, but like, it's also kind of like a boring synopsis of something that would be really cool to see. This is the first time where a like, there's no crawl in this. It's just a computer explaining to me what it is, what's gone on in the world, mm. and that is actually really exciting. It's like. Oh, wow. They fucking sealed off New York. That's pretty cool. All right.
0: And again, the Deborah Hill computer. Boop, 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 beep, 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 beep,
1: beep, beep. <laughs> Like, again,
0: this also, is also another Halloween connection, right? Deborah Hill's the computer voice you hear. Yep. And Nick Castle, who, if I'm not mistaken, is the original shape, as he's called, who plays Michael Myers, co-wrote, co-wrote this, wrote movie. this movie. So Michael Myers is a little bit infused with Snake Pluskin, perhaps. Ooh, nice connection. There you go.
1: But I think that that's again this is what makes the movie even more thrilling is the world that's set up is that, and it's fascinating because honestly, like this year particularly, which has been very rough, I would say that this movie is really relevant because, like Donald, or, um, the president's plane gets taken down into Manhattan Island by I think the American Liberation Front. I'm not really sure what the name yes, the, is. Yes, American the, Liberation. Okay. Front. Okay. They represent Sorry. the workers. I can never remember An if anti-imperialist. It's, <laughs> I can never remember if it's that or if that if that's um, the group she's the clit. the group no the group she's a part of <laughs> stop the group she's a part of from uh, Escape from L.A. But
0: so the right. American Liberation Front
1: downs it and like yeah she's like we're here for the workers against the racist police state and I'm like ooh, that's a ooh, that's a very close to home today it's a very fascinating thing because this is supposed to be 1997, which this movie came out in 81. So it's the future. Mm-hmm. And again, like they do such a good, like this is John Carpenter, just doing such a good job of being the version of anti-establishment that like a fucking plucky kid from Aurora, Ohio can like understand without like actually like having to do any sort of like research whatsoever. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it is, it's, it's very American, right? Because, We see that our government is essentially headed by this absolute dipstick, Donald Pleasance, right? He's kind of this buffoon, right? We have this major city that we just walled off. And they never explain, like, did the people of Manhattan just leave? Or did we say they're the least desirable (laughs) in this cluster? We'll just fucking, you know, pepper on the the horribles. Like, what? We don't know how any of this real—we know that crime went up 400%. Right? Across the country. Statistic. And so they said, Fuck Manhattan. That's yeah. what we learned. But uh so you don't learn a lot. So what they but this is I, I was wildly impressed with the how strong the the first act of this movie is. The script writing in this film is so good, right? Yeah. One from the introduction of Snake, but yeah, just this whole world, right? You know, well, the you know, we see people trying to escape and they get shot down. We have this police state. I love the idea of, oh, you've been uh, convicted to Time in Manhattan. Yeah. Feel free to just be cremated. Okay. Now that's that's what I was just
1: about to say. That's the Amazing thing that touch. I noticed this time that I had never like clued into before. I was like, holy shit. They're literally just giving people an out. They're like, hey, if you want to get burnt to a crisp, we'll just cremate your remains now. Like yeah. if you don't want to have to deal with at, that bullshit
0: at the Statue of at Liberty, Statue which is now Liberty. the fucking the makeshift uh, operations. Center I mean, it's for just the fucking so occupational police done. army.
1: Like it's so good.
0: Right. But what happens is, what I think is so good about this movie, right, is there there are movies that are, you know, character studies, right, or, you know, even mumblecore stuff like Dupless Brother movies where it's like, we're just here to, you know, watch funny actors or right. a character, you know, some pie, pie in the sky, like, you know, Day in the Life, whatever. Yeah. This is one of those movies where the moment someone explains it to you, you're like, oh, fuck, that sounds awesome. Yeah right this this movie the premise is so fucking good yeah so one you have this amazing dystopian america but we pair it with this most american parable which is one man you know just based on his badassness could do whatever so what we learn is that snake was the best of the best right and i love too because when they introduce him to uh you know hot or whatever his hot, name is it's hawk. a
1: hawk lee van cleef man which, by the way, yeah. is key casting in it's this It's not movie. Hawk,
0: though, right? I think it was H-A-U-T or something. I, think
1: it's, I, th- I thought it was Hawk.
0: See, that sounds cool because I was reading it with captions, and I think it's hot, right? Like, it's hot in here. What at up Lee right Cleef, you know what I mean? Anywho, not that I'm an expert of character names, but when they introduce him, right, it's, you can't take his cuffs off. Snake's too tough. His face is in shadow, right? The shadowy American badass. You know, and he, he it's almost funny because Snake Plissken's voice is almost... What you would do is a badass voice if it was like sketch comedy, yeah. But it so perfectly works because they built this myth, yeah. And so what you do is you take this perfect American hero in the setting of a destroyed, useless America, and a dipstick, uh, you know, Elmer Fudd looking fucking president bopping around, and you just. But this is what they do well, right? Is you're the only one here. We have no time for a backup plan. The police go in, which I had forgotten about. The police actually go in and they're like, leave or we'll kill him. Right. Right. And they hand him the fucking presidential finger. So what you do is you're you're setting everything up so fucking brilliantly to where it honestly makes sense. Because, again, I. It's one of those things that every time I rewatch, it, I'm like, oh, yeah, Snake's not a good guy. Yeah. Because through the movie, you watch him as a good guy. And you're like, oh, yeah. He tried to rob the Federal Reserves. Right. He's like this. You know, runaway Jesse James outlaw murdering bastard. Yeah. But because we need him right now because he's an American. We need his skills. Let's go, America. Woo. You know, and he's going to dive in. They have no fucking time. And I love that we have little miniature explosives in your neck. Yeah. Right. And you pair that with Snake showing a human weakness of, I don't like needles. And you're like, this movie is just crushing it on every level, right? From the job. That opening act, you cannot, to me, have a stronger, more streamlined opening act for a movie that so heavily relies on this amazing premise. If you buy into this amazing premise... I don't see how you could possibly be disappointed I by mean, what comes out. I would go
1: one step further and say, how do you not buy in on this amazing premise with everything they say? Yeah, up? like they do such true. a good job to give you this premise on a silver platter and be like, hey, this is the world you're going to live in for the next hour and forty minutes. What do you think? Right, like if you don't well, like a buy great example in, of this, right? Just something don't like, like
0: well, right, but this is what <laughs> I'm saying, right? An example of this to illustrate the other thing of our point, right? A movie that I adore, it follows right? Essentially they set up this really amazing premise. If you fuck someone who has already fucked someone who's already, you know, essentially it's like a chain letter, right? For those of you who are old enough to remember chain letters, right? But with, uh, P's and V's. So you do that. And if you fuck a person, essentially you have been sexually targeted by this ghost and it just slowly walks and it can take any shape. And as they lay that out, you're like, oh, my God, this is a fucking flawless premise. There's an amazing scene where the ghost is just slowly walking as like an old person. And you're just you're like, oh, my God, I'm so in. Yeah. The problem is, is that by the end of the movie, they set up such a great premise and a unique set of rules that by the end of the movie, when they start kind of flubbing their own rules and doing it, not in the most. Like, if this thing's a predator that can shapeshift, it can do better than giant guy with a hole in his face who's peeing his pants, you know? Like, that's that's the problem when the, the great premise is one thing, but to so deliver on it is another step, right? And I, I think this movie is the best example of that kind of perfect elevator pitch synopsis of a film that you would be jazzed for. Totally. That gives you every fucking thing you want.
1: I don't disagree. I mean, it does such a good job from the it does such a good job from the very tip of the top all the way down. Like again, yeah. Like there's no tighter first act than I've seen in a movie in a long time. Like, yeah. And again, it gives you a lot of information and usually you would be bogged down pretty quickly and be like, I don't really need that scene or I don't really need to know this stuff. You need to know everything because first off the stakes are surprisingly low when you think about them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. We have to fight to save America that just sprinkles murderers on random Manhattan neighborhoods. Right. So
1: there is the, like... <laughs> <laughs> like when you think about it, when, like, if you're given any... Like, this is the trick of the premise, and this is the thing that I love about the beginning of the movie, is, like, if they give you any minute to think about actually what the stakes are in this movie, you'd be like, just let them die. Like, who cares? Like, that's, like... Yeah. That's sort of like your... Eh, it's what we talked about. Like, you kind of, like, you throw your hands and like, well, it's not like... <laughs> president you know president it's not like president doofy is going to be able to do anything so
0: (laughs) president doofus's four-part plan that he drew in crayon on an olive garden menu to save america from the police state right so this is what this is the greatest thing that the movie has us believe that the militant police forces said hey it's okay with us if snake Pliskin moves into your neighborhood where your daughter lives, that that guy could be your neighbor yeah. so that he can save Doofy in his Fisher Price briefcase with the cassette recording of some speech of science stuff that he can't again, remember it's or just say. Like,
1: it's perfect plotting because, again, like you spend no time trying to understand what he's actually <laughs> like. They're like, oh, he's on his way to appease summit You're like, oh well, yeah, I mean, you should, like, rescue the president, I guess. Like, never is there a question about, like, if the president's a good person or not. But you're just like, well, we got to save the president, right? Like,
0: No, you know the president's bad because when shit's going down, he's like, uh, put me in my escape pod. Yeah. May God have mercy on you. It's like, do you really think that's an option at this point? Absolutely brilliant. It's, like, <laughs> yeah, it's know. perfect
1: because, again, yeah, like, it's the basic – it just gets to the basic premise of, like, oh, well, yeah, president – in penal colony bad snake plissken has to go in there and save him cool like you could say it with the simple with you could say it with like no prepositions no anything and someone will still <laughs> understand the point or of the movie end. and that's the strength of the premise that takes you in through the the beginning of the movie so that when you get to manhattan island and you start the adventure then it becomes like the fucking warriors and then you're like yeah. cool now i'm just in uh,
0: the warriors where they actually battle though which is a nice change of pace yeah thank god um I had yeah as soon as the president is like even in this moment when I know you're all about to die uh I'm gonna do a, pr- a po- po- politician line I was like that is so aggravating I hated his ass immediately yes. and I love Donald Pleasance it's built into my DNA and I was just like ooh, you know you're just mad at him yeah there is a moment though where this movie says the movie wants you to believe this really big thing right which is if Donald Pleasance, right, gets his talk boy tape to that podium, right? That there could potentially be world peace. And we, the audience, laugh yes. at the end when Snake Pleasant comes to move in next door, knock up your daughter, and probably kill you and steal your money because he stole the tape that could be the key to world peace. Now, this is what's great about the movie. Is it such a cynical look at America that we go? There's no chance the United States government could do anything good in this movie. So I'm glad Snake at least got one more fuck you in because <laughs> the movie, the movie cuts to black on Snake Plissken literally pulling the guts out of World Peace and having a smoke.
1: <laughs> it's just the best. It's, I mean, it's, it's just so it's perfect. But that,
0: dude, it's perfect. This is Snake the thing. Plissken. Snake Pliskin, and I think there's more to kind of talk about with him and Escape from LA, which we'll get to. Uh how they just so easily and rapidly achieve this unbelievable reservoir of coolness is amazing in this movie. Yeah. He just is the baddest ass movie character. Every fucking scene, everything he does is just cool. Like, here's just a small throwaway. When they're just doing his equipment, you're like, yeah, of course he has ninja stars. That's cool. Ninja stars are cool to dummies. And you're like, of course he has ninja stars. I just, but it was like, they never miss a chance. To tell you, here's a great scene, right? One of the things this movie does that cracks me up is that Snake Pluskin is never in a hurry. No. He essentially is just walking everywhere, not rushing, taking his time, unless he's in a car. He's pretty much taking his time wherever the fuck he goes, which in and of itself is such a fucking strong choice that Snake Plissken's like, just in case, right? Because everyone knows who he is. He's famous in the underworld. It's like, just in case any of my fans are watching, I don't want to look like a sissy who's jogging. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to look super bad. Like, here's a hilarious scene that happens. After he finds the the underground like theater, right? All these people doing uh, you know, whatever, cats in this New York theater. Uh, and Ernest Borgnine just fucking jam into it, which I was like, Hey, that's the life you want to leave.
1: Yeah. Live your life, cat
0: uh, Snake Plissken is walking through a building, he meets a lady, and he's like, Well, I have approximately eighteen hours left to live. I could probably dick down for like an hour. like he is 100% ready to dick down yes and then actual crazy people start coming up through the floor and kidnap her and then he goes all right maybe i'll hustle now for like one block (laughs) because sig plissken is dying he has an actual watch that says hey you have 18 hours left to live and he's still saying i should probably get this I should probably get this. I mean, again, it's like this. <laughs> that's cool. It's this. That's too cool.
1: Yeah. It's this effortless cool. And I think it makes it even more cool in the face of like annihilation, like personal yeah, right. annihilation. is So just like, again, it's one of those things where you're like, Oh fuck dude. That is like the driving force of everyone is like, well, if I'm going to die, I might as well live. You know, that's like, yeah, this great. That's like the Pliskin. <laughs> it's like the Pliskin plurality is like, well, if I'm going to die. I might as well live, you know,
0: well, cause snake Plissken is aware inherently. He's like, I can't go in to save the president. That'll make me look like a chump. Right. And then they're like, we're going to blow your head off. And he's like, I know how rare and valuable this is. Right. <laughs> and he gestures up and down to himself. He's like, I know what I'm bringing to the table. And it would be a real loss for this, you know, on its last leg America. If this, you know, one-eyed fucking statue to manliness was saying. not was like, here.
1: I know it'd be a real shame <laughs> if you missed this. Because you know he's pointing to you the. You know money, what's under that eye
0: patch for sure, or condoms that he intentionally doesn't wear. <laughs> if Snake Plissken pulls that eyelash, it's like there's a magnet condom, and he's like, "Just kidding, I don't need protection," and throws that shit
1: away. No, no, that, no, no, that's that's no what, what. What Snake Plissken does, what Snake Pliskin does is what's
0: under the eye patch. Like
1: yeah. almost like right when he's about to pop coitus, he flips the eye patch up. He goes, "Check that out," and flips it right back down. He's like, "I don't Ew. even know.
0: it." <laughs> He's like, I just want to make sure that only I get mine. Yeah, snake
1: plissken's raw. snake Pliskin' raw dogs, that's for sure.
0: <laughs> <laughs> gross. Uh, but gross. We saw him inside that little glider cockpit. We got a pretty good idea. He's I mean, like, I'll just wait till the last I did, second like, and eject harpoons.
1: Think about this too, like, because I was, <laughs> I was like, he's not wearing like camo pants. He's literally wearing tights, like Lycra tights, and he looks so badass the entire movie.
0: Yeah, well, he's got his guns out. He's, Again, he's He essentially so cool. has this like feathered. Oh,
1: his like, hair is so perfectly tufted. But it's
0: amazing. It's Amazing. Like that's not like badass hair to me. No, it's that's not. not like guy who's gonna whip your ass hair. That's but because that'd be the thing. Imagine Snake Plissken's just fucking pummeling your face with fists, and you're like, oh, is that lavender? Oh, you know, yeah. just like getting your. Fuck, oh my like, god, what are those? What so are those essential
1: stuff? oils dripping on me? Like. <laughs> You're
0: like, maybe I'll get him in a Muay Thai clench so I can try to, like, feel the locks. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's it's weird. It's I mean, he is an anomaly to me through this whole movie. But I think that's the thing that always makes me laugh is how he's just not hurrying no. ever. ever. Right? Like, if he's running, like, if this is a Tom Cruise movie, there's 20 minutes of sprinting footage. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? <laughs> Like, Tom Cruise is like, a, imagine a Snake <coughs> Plissken that you could believe is on a mission, but you do not believe is cool at all. Right. right? Like, your uncle who picked up CrossFit in his middle age. And you're like, I guess technically he could do these things, but he's not cool. He definitely wouldn't have stopped to, you know, sling it with that lady in the building.
1: No. He I has
0: think, tights. Right. Yeah. But, like, that's the difference, right?
1: I mean, I think the other thing, too, is they – do such a good job of the main characters that like are near him. The entire movie are so flighty and weird. Like it's Harry, it's brain cabby. And then I never remember Adrian
0: Barbeau's character. Like ever. Is it Maggie, Maggie. Maggie. Okay. Something like that. Maggie, Margaret.
1: Like, so you have these three characters who have been living on the island for a while. And I also think Cap- – okay, it's interesting you brought this up earlier. I've always assumed Cabbie got locked on the island, and he actually didn't do anything wrong.
0: Yeah, right? You're like, what's Cabby's crime? Maybe he was, like, doing underground, like, you know, illegal <laughs> VHSs of <stuff>. whatever Broadway <laughs> show is big. And they're like, you're well, going to jail, Cabby!
1: <laughs> well, Cabby – yeah, Cabby's like, well, I've been driving this cab for, 50, for 40 years on Manhattan Island. I'm not gonna, you know, – I'm not – Gonna drive it till the day I die. I'm like, wait, so he just got locked here without like any. Yeah,
0: well, no, Cabby's the guy who like grew up in Manhattan. He's like, this is the best borough. Every other borough can suck it. And he, they're like, hey, did you hear they're building giant 50 foot walls around? He's like, good. Who needs that Brooklyn trash over here? Manhattan for life. Just <laughs> driving his little cab, right? He was probably stoked about those walls. He's and it, and he was probably so oh, excited. Fuck. But
1: yeah, Yeah, I even
0: get the sense he doesn't even really care if he gets off the island. He just wants to hang out with cool people.
1: Yeah, it's (laughs) it's, but it's super key to put people like that around Snake Plissken in this movie because it only ups his cool. Like I think about the scene particularly when they're uh, when um, Duke and his people show up to the library to talk to Brain. And they're like, what are we going to do? And they start, like, running around. Like, Cabby fucking hauls it to his cab and drives away.
0: But I mean, it's like, you slimeball, Cabby. I'm like, dude, yeah, fucking he's, like, scumbag. Yeah, what do you think? Cabby's going to be throwing, like, fucking 12 to 6 elbows? Like, what are you yeah. talking about? Get Snake, out of there, Cabby.
1: Snake just walks. He's like, nah, I got it. Like, that well, again Well, what's really just,
0: funny is they're walking like, cool. up. They're coming up with the cars and the chandelier car. And Snake literally does this and just crosses the arms and stands there while everyone else is, like, trying to scurry. And then finally, he's like, oh, fuck! Fine, I'll hide." He's like, <laughs> like with a dramatic eye roll. He's like, "Fine, I'll go around this shadowy corner." Fuck. Yeah. But then he's like, within thirty seconds, he's knocking people out and stealing cars. Yeah. When so he
1: punches that him. guy through the car window, I was like, "God bless this movie!" Like these guys what? are just these guys are getting it. They understand.
0: Well, let's 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 talk about this honestly because a lot of the movie that we've talked about so far, Snake Plissken obviously has become iconic far beyond this movie, right? Right. I would venture to say more people know who Snake Plissken is or what he looks like or that he's badass than have actually even seen this movie, right? Right. We talked about the amazing setup and premise of, you know, get on the island, get the prisoner off. Let's talk a little bit about the actual island. I think the island of Manhattan in this movie actually becomes so much more fun than it should be, right? (laughs) Like, there's some extra character to this The setting of this world, particularly, that I think is more fun than a lot of these, you know, kind of dystopian futures. Like, I was was thinking of, I was reminded of Omega Man when I was watching this. Yeah. And you're like, it just looks like a bland, like, here's a place where people don't live anymore. And you're like, all right. Like, that's fine. This one has so much more going on yeah. that I really like.
1: Well, I think like Omega man's an interesting example because Omega man for one functions a little differently. Cause that's like the point is to make it look that way. Like it's I am legends yeah. the same way. Cause obviously they're the same fucking movie, but like, or at least the same, I guess
0: that's true. This is a world where people still live. This is a
1: world where people still live, but it's fascinating the way they live. Like, I think that's the thing that I always like, even when I was younger, I was like, I wonder how these people get food. Like, that's always the thing I thought about. Like, do they just, like, send care? They
0: mentioned that with the crazies, remember? Yeah. When she's, uh, the girl he's about to throw down with, she's like, it's the end of the week, they're out of food. That's what it is. So it seems like they just airdrop it in at the start, and it's like, fuck you, get it while you can.
1: (laughs) I mean, like, to me, that is kind of the, uh, the the, like, character of Manhattan Island is so vital to this movie working, because it's, it's like pointing, it's like we were talking about, like, Using the using Ellis Island as literally like the processing center to bring people to the mm-hmm. uh the prison. That is a great inversion of what Ellis Island actually was. I would say it's fascinating that, you know, you see all these great iconic pieces of New York real estate repurposed in a way that maybe like you like uh Brains hideout being the New York Public Library is fun. Yeah. That's really cool. Well, just
0: dude, even seeing the world, even Trade seeing the Center World Trade
1: Center. It, I mean, that honestly, like when
0: they just mention it, it, even at the mention of it, I was like, ooh, makes me nauseous. You know, like, man. like it's one of those yeah, things. Man, it, it's a
1: fascinating crazy. thing because whenever I see it in movies, I still get a little caught up. Like there's movies yeah. where it's just in the background. I'm yeah. not even thinking about. And actually, it's weird. Yeah, I just, I'll bring this up another time. But like, it is a weird thing to see that in movies still and like not get a little like whoa and and again especially this movie where everything is like a bombed out skyscraper
0: yeah well i mean we see a lot of that right like we see that just burning remains of air force one yeah we see them walking around i think what is so fun about this world i think that's you know you were kind of getting at it is an end of the world apocalypse setting but people have a community here i think one of the fun things it's showing us is it's a prison without walls right it looks like a world or a city where people would just live and go like you know it's burnt and there's cars everywhere but there's no prison guards there's no people you know like hey do what we want in like a prison right this is just where they live man they yeah. make a life and i think that's getting at this kind of more american critique you know, whereas, you know, we all think we're free, but really, you know, if yeah. you have enough money and this and that, well, I, you know, there's various levels of freedom You know, in and this the country. other thing so that – I think that right. makes it a, a fun – oh, sorry, I was just saying, I think that makes it more fun, which is our characters that we follow and somewhat have to choose who we root for and who we side with, whether it's Cabby yeah. or is Brain a full trickster, you know, Maggie, whoever. These are people that are here for crime. So then you start going all the way back and saying, were they – are they? Should they even be here? Are they justly right. here?
1: Well, and I think yeah, that's it's, part it's of it. It's a lot of extra fun. Again, I mean, that's another part of like the great like side political commentary John Carpenter does in this movie, which is like the police state. Who actually is? Who actually needs to be on this island? Like, are we just putting people there because we don't want to have to deal with our actual problems and so on and so forth? Mm-hmm. The thing I was going to get to too is so many movies about New York, particularly. Again, this is supposed to take place in 1997, but. This movie is made in 1981, which means we're just coming out of the 70s, getting into early 80s, which is when New York was really, really shitty. Like it was. Yeah, it's like a prime time cesspool. Like the Warriors is a great example, like the way that the city looks itself. But I would say more importantly, like the thing that makes this movie really unique as a new examination of New York is that we never go into the subway ever. And I know there's a reason for that. They bring it up <laughs> at the very beginning. But a really important thing is we never go into the subway, which is almost iconic New York. That's, I think, a really important piece, because if we spend so much time in the city. That would be
0: a fast. Is there any movie or show in New York that doesn't have at least one subway moment?
1: I cannot think of a
0: one. Except for this movie.
1: Except for this movie. I mean, he,
0: he does technically go underground when he finds the crazy guy with the bracelet. Sure. We you don't see, like, a subway subway.
1: Right. We're never walking through a subway. Never, we're never doing any of that kind of stuff that we're used to doing in movies, even post-apocalyptic movies. We're still in subways. Like, even fucking Volcano managed to get into the fucking subways of L.A., which no one even right. knows exist. But, like... The Warriors the sub- do,
0: like, the above-ground train, for sure. Right.
1: Well, war- Warriors are on the way to Coney Island, so that, that's what yeah. they do. But they're still on the train. The train, obviously, isn't going to run on the Manhattan Island penal colony. But... <laughs> Nevertheless, like the subway oh, tunnels fuck are fuck so iconic. Me. Like, I mean, we talk about it all the time. Fucking chud people, alligator people, like all kinds of shit. They talk about that stuff. There's movies about it. Uh, the Relic is a great example of that kind of shit. Those people who
0: live down there, though.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. And like, we never when addressed that. they
0: off Manhattan Island, the stars of National Enquirer just said, This is on, man. <laughs> and so like, Batboy's like the fucking mayor down there in the tunnels. But
1: I really like that we don't go down there because honestly- the more important and more interesting stuff is going on above ground, like rather than like because if you go down there, I really think story wise you could get lost in a way to get out via whatever, you know, like there's a there's a way to go down there and then come back up. But for me, really focusing on the towering, <laughs> like the towering, just like decay of New York itself is what's really yeah. gripping in this movie. And it's really cool to see the visuals are just well, amazing.
0: Yeah, and I think honestly going down underground and finding freaks or freak shows, the people who even in this place don't come up and be seen by the others. Yeah. Um is kind of what Escape from LA is all about. <laughs> oh and uh, you know, it's a very different thing. I think again, I'm with you. This movie's really interesting and in how it plays that too, because a lot of what I find really fun is the way they've chosen to rebuild their society, right? Yeah. Like The Duke like the titles they give themselves putting the chandeliers on his car. Like that's classy. Love that. You know, there's, there's a lot of weird, there's just a gang on Broadway that just wants to punch cars. Yeah. You know, brain being really mad. Like he's one of them that, you know, his name was what? Henry.
1: No, (laughs) it was like Herman Howard. It was like Howard Hellman.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so he's like, my name is brain. Don't call me that. So he is losing the identity of when he was a free American for this new like that's what i think is really fascinating right the 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 rebuilding and even though you're on this island of lost toys how you're going to reform yourself and you know make yourself seem more important right the duke is really a fun way of doing that you know we i love that scene when he fucking has broken the president the president's kind of sitting there crucified you know just like uh when's the playground break yeah and they're fucking like shooting guns and throwing knives at him. Love he's like, it. "Tell him what I taught you." And he's like, "You know, you're the duke. You're the king. You're aok. You're yeah. hey number one. Hey number one." And he's he's fucking broken the president of the United. And that to me is the cool shit, right? It is I am the king on this little island. And he fucking breaks the president. Yeah. Again, maybe not the most sophisticated or powerful president we've ever seen in the movie. <laughs> uh, yeah. The kind of president that still would wear a bib when he eats. Sure. But this, you know, that's a really cool thing for this movie to add. So you see these guys trying to rebuild their life. The one thing the movie shows us is one of the shittiest people for sure on the island. I'm not sure if he's the worst is snake. No, one snake is probably one of the shittiest people on the island, but they're like, but we need something of you to go. Yeah. And he's standing there in fucking moral judgment of all these other people. (laughs) And it's like, wait, 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 wait. We know you suck. Yeah, But, so I mean, there's a lot of that. Again, I I like that. They do such uh, a good job in this movie of
1: making Snake Plissken the hero that, like, and allowing us to forget that he's done horrible things. Like, he's basically an outlaw, and he tried to rob the federal depository. You're like, well, that takes balls. Also seems a little stupid, given that it's, like, a federal depository. Probably a lot of people around. But, like... (laughs) It's it, again, it's one of those things you're like, lots
0: of dead, again, lots of dead.
1: For it's sure. not like snake Plissken blends in a crowd. Really? Like, it's not like someone's like, well, let's no. see. Everyone's got an eye patch. So I guess it's really hard to find them. You know, that's like,
0: who's that eye patch with that perfect fucking Cindy Crawford hair, his guns out. You know right, like, yeah, it's probably no one everybody. who's wearing cargo shorts back in the eighties. Like this guy, he's got something but, or no, this is the nineties, but that's the, thi- did this movie fucking predict the rise of camo cargo shorts? Oh yeah, for sure. Was that like one of those when they go back and they're like The Simpsons predicted this and th- this movie told you that by the end of the nineties, guys were gonna be wearing camo cargo pants everywhere. <laughs> and it fucking came true. I lived in the nineties. That was a real thing.
1: I know. The fact that there weren't Jinkos is just my I remember
0: getting a pair of camouflage cargo shorts for Christmas and just being stoked.
1: I remember Stood. having a pair of camouflage cargo shorts when we worked out on Wipeout. That was like all I would wear. <laughs> they were yeah, right-
0: goddamn. That that was essentially like living on the island of Manhattan in this movie.
1: That's true. Wipeout, <laughs> Wipeout was definitely an escape from New York situation. Except we were all Snake Plissken, so we were all terrible. We all deserve <laughs> We, to be, all, we all deserve to be there.
0: <laughs> yeah, I it's just I it's it's a cool. I like seeing the boundary. I like seeing the modern day Coliseum, right? Where Love we're it. just going to fight this giant mustachioed man.
1: How about that? Uh, like, you know,
0: with baseball bat spikes. How about that, that scene is just cool.
1: How about that awesome reveal where Snake takes off his shirt and you see that fucking tattoo? Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a bad one. That, that is, is the 80s equivalent of guys who have their own name tattooed in like a half circle on their back. <laughs> like once you do that, if you have your name tattooed in a half circle on you. I just assume you are, like, in case you get lost, your parents need to know yeah, who you that are.
1: That is definitely the 80s. <laughs> like, like, take a, me
0: back to mom and dad.
1: A cobra, a cobra slithering up your stomach out of your pants is definitely the 80s equivalent of that. God bless it.
0: And also, it's like, we've heard Snake Plissken talk enough. Like, you know. You know, you know that's, that's a built-in line. That's a pickup. Like, that lady who uh, was either going to get – gone down on by snake or get dragged down by the monsters from beneath the floor. Like that snake joke was right there. Like a Ricky ticky tabby. Right. It was like perfect. <laughs> you know? like he's just like, Oh, I can't wait to drop this D joke. Right. Now. <laughs> get oh, ready. I love that. Shit, get
1: man. ready for the snake. Like, yeah. Like one of those. Yeah. I mean, it was there. I mean, I'm sure he's got that's a million cool, of them, you know, but, but that's yeah, what that I mean. is... it's just
0: a wild, good time. And I, I, it's, it's hard to say, Oh, I'll tell you one more thing I noticed on this viewing, right? When we're on our way out. I love the addition of the tick to the Duke. The blinking eye thing. Yes. And it gets really much more pronounced as we're driving on the uh, the mind bridge, which, by the way, doesn't seem mind enough, considering who lives on the island of Manhattan. Yeah, I got to say, like- as,
1: co- as avid comic book readers, we've seen mind bridges, all right? I've watched No Man's Land happen. I mean the fact well, that this also, even is a i assumed thing is it was
0: like uh I, yeah i assumed it was a wily e. coyote like tsh, they press the stick and blow the bridge up not if you because i was just like why don't you guys just walk on the side railing yeah you know i just shimmy all the way i know snake uh you know has like the most unrealistic clock of all time that is something i hate in these two movies one of my biggest movie sins is when you're like we've got one hour And you're like, clearly five hours of shit just happened. And that makes me so fucking mad. Like, when they're like 20 minutes, and you're like, we do the whole bridge, and the climbing, and the ropes, and like... You're like, this is... I I hate the false clocks to try to add drama. This movie already has drama. We didn't need it. But back to my thing. (laughs) I really loved... I really loved that they added the tick to the Duke. Yeah. And again, when he's chasing on the bridge, he's like fucking blinking like Morse code. Because... It shows you that whenever he's trying to be the Duke, he knows he's full of shit. Yes, And in that scene is the one scene where we see him really by himself right. without all of his, like, gangs. Every other scene with him, he's got muscle everywhere. Right. In this one moment, well, he, he knows. He yeah, knows he's just, that he's not all who put. he says he is.
1: Well, that was the thing. I mean, I love yeah. that that's just all a put on. And again. And, and I mean, what's great is sort of the counter... It's the counterweight to Donald Pleasance's performance as the president, which is... He's a fucking put on too. Everything is a put on. So him to like especially the end where he like stopped wheeling Snake up, like which by the way, really shitty. Just to like blow away the Duke. And then he's like like got the oh I'm number one. Ha 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 like that kind of shit. Well also Again, you're like
0: if Snake had died by five seconds, because guess what, President? You could have taken that shot still without like you didn't yeah, need You didn't need to snake stop him. is like a worm on the hook. Like the Duke is just sitting there. Snake had already beat his ass. like snake. I did like when snake punched him and the Duke looked like he was just going to cry. He's like, how did I end up here? Like I made bad life choices. It was so awesome. I love that about the Duke man. Yeah. But that's that, that I guess to wrap this up, right. Is it's just, it's an insanely well-written movie that is so full of just wonderfully fun details, amazing actors doing great characters in a really fun world with just, I mean, the whole first act is that actual rocket glider that just propels us into the movie. And, you know, Kurt Russell is Snake Plissken, just fucking absolutely iconic. I think this this movie is one of those to me, like, if, if I ever met someone that said all the way definitively, I fucking hate Escape from New York, I'd be like, I wish you well on your travels, friend, but this <laughs> conversation's done. Like, it's just done. I don't know what else you want
1: yeah i'm not sure what else you could need from a movie like this it's got it's action it's cool it's everything you would expect from a john carpenter action movie like it. Yeah. i mean again like i don't understand anyone who could say this movie isn't like top three carpenter which is which is really saying something to be honest with i you.
0: don't know oh. if i would put it top three carpenter first off because the thing and they live are clearly and Halloween; those are the three like way ahead of everyone else to me, right? Sure. This might be the best of the rest.
1: I but, would actually say they live. I would swap they live and Escape from New York. I don't know why. I could not tell you. And it you might think just
0: escape is better than they live.
1: It might just be because I think they're. I uh, it might just be a little. They might just be interchangeable to me. But honestly, not that they're the same no. fucking movie. That's. A different movie for, compared to this one, but well,
0: escape from New York is tighter and grittier, yeah. It might just be that. that, but again, it's if one that, of those things where I yeah. think,
1: I think the I, I mean, the uh, yes, the thing and Halloween are the top two, in my opinion. I think yeah. that these two are kind of interchangeable, and you could probably they live in escape from New York are interchangeable in a
0: way that my you, one you can make, make either argument. Because that's the thing. Big Trouble Little China has such a place in my heart. I could leapfrog almost all of them with that. And then same with Mouth of Madness. Like, that's the problem with – it's not a problem. It's a great fucking glorious gift, right? Right. John Carpenter has that filmography where it's just like, it's movie after movie of things I like but in so many different flavors. It's actually, like, almost insane. It's like, how did you achieve this? Right. Uh, but, yeah, <clears throat> that's it, guys. For Escape from New York, I hope you enjoyed your 22 hours and 15 minutes as much as we did. Uh, hit us up, guys. What did we miss? What's your favorite part of this movie? What's your favorite John Carpenter movie? Uh, actually, we did a poll on Twitter, and the fans chose for the movies that we hadn't that we had left, right, in our remaining slot. The fans chose for us to cover The Fog. Nice. Which beat out Prince of Darkness, Christine, and Ghost of Mars. Uh, the fog won in an absolute landslide. So we will be covering the fog for sure. Sweet. Uh, later this week will be on Thursday. We'll be releasing our Escape from L.A. pod. So join us for that. And again, this month is all things Carpenter. So. We're going to try to get as many John Carpenter movies that are amazing uh, as we can. Strap in, guys. Thank you, guys, as always, uh, for listening. Please take a second and leave us a rating and review wherever you find the show. Check out our YouTube channel and subscribe. Nerd Alchemist, plural, with an S at the end. Shout us out on your social medias. That always means the world to us. You can find us wherever. Email the show, Pod, at gmail.com. For the Film Alchemist, I'm Josh Griffey.
1: I'm Alex Dandino.